What would you like to achieve for Jesus so that at the end of your life you would be totally satisfied or fulfilled? Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. I'm honored to have Pastor Philip Wood with me once again. Philip is lead pastor of Northwest Christian Church in Wichita, Kansas. He also serves as adjunct professor at Friends University and is the founder of Communities of Heaven Ministries. He's married to Kathy Wood. Philip and Kathy live in Wichita and have invested their lives in making disciples for Jesus Christ for over 40 years. They are involved in a ministry called Communities of Heaven. You can find out more information about their ministry in our show notes or go to communitiesofheaven.org. Philip starts today by relating how he encouraged young people in his college dorm to live for the Lord. He then relates some events in his life that convinced him that God wanted him to invest his life in relationships, teaching others how to develop a personal walk with the Lord on a daily basis. And so the guys that did accept Christ, this is what does what he think the Lord's called you to do? And sometimes that's it. I don't know. One guy, interestingly enough, said, well, I think God's called me to start a radio station. Hmm. And I haven't really followed up with him with the accomplished that, but he's pretty clear about what he wanted to do. So I had all of these guys begin to write down a note card. Write it out. Just ask the Lord to show it. Because I asked the Lord one time, well, how am I supposed to know what you want me to do? And then I think the Holy Spirit just told me very simply, it says, you might try asking me, praying, and believing that, that I will tell you. So I began to ask, and that's when, you know, God gave me the community that happened idea. And, uh, and, and it was amazing the ideas that God began to give guys, dreams. You know, faith is being sure of what you hope for. What do you hope for? And certain of what you do not yet see. What do you think God's going to do with you? And uh, it was pretty exciting. And one by one, these guys came up with wonderful dreams. And I had all these note cards and all these fantastic ideas that God had put in the lives of these guys. And that became, for us, a a point of discussion, a point of reading scripture and talking about, well, how would you do this? How do you think God would accomplish this? And uh, so it was good. You know, it was a, a wonderful basis for, you know, making disciples and and training them in terms how they could work with someone else. So that was uh, that was a good experience uh, in that in that senior year. And uh, interestingly enough, that same year I had the opportunity to sort of get up and share in front of the whole student body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 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 uh, under the direction of the, uh, the chaplain of Laura Roberts University, mm-hmm. uh, I guess the student really hadn't done that before. Wow, that so was a bit nutty. So it's interesting, a little scary to get up and stand in front of 3,000 people and yeah. ask the question, what would you love to achieve with Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great, great question. Great question for sure. And so he laid on your heart the Communities of Heaven, Communities of Heaven concept. And um, I know that's part of your ministry right now. Can you kind of go ahead and explain what that looks like for you? Sure. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, of course, graduated from Mormon Office University, went on to seminary, and I went up to work in a church uh, there while I was in seminary, and, uh, and again, had this, I had this idea. That's all I had was an idea. And up there and asking, well, Lord, what is this Communities of Heaven? And I started, you know, just being a youth pastor and didn't have any kids at all. I have three kids, 
was it was the extent of my youth, or my youth. <laughs> and uh, but the interesting thing was how this developed David understanding this uh, was when a, a couple an older couple came to me now believe it or not as a young seminary student when I was teaching in that church I taught a Sunday school class like I did you came to years after that by the way uh, on marriage now I was a single guy and I taught on marriage can you believe that I must have convinced one couple that, that I knew something because they came to me and says you know we've appreciated what you've taught on marriage would you mind counseling us? And I said, well, I don't mind teaching. I don't think I'm very good at counseling at this point. I wouldn't want to counsel an older married couple. So i tell you what I'll do is I'd be happy to meet with you, and we can study and see what the Bible says about marriage together. Well, I think unbeknownst to me, I, God has helped me learn how to disciple these two dear folks. And I sat down with the husband and his wife, and then another couple heard about it. And they said, hey, could we join that? We'd like to sit in on that study. Well, one thing led to another, and another couple joined, and another couple, and bit by bit, believe it or not, they accepted Christ. <laughs> These are people in the church, and they're starting to accept Christ. And uh, and their lives are beginning to be changed. Now, they'd gone through all the motions, you know, they'd gone to church, they'd gone forward, they'd had to been baptized, but they had never studied the Bible for themselves. They'd never, you know, and so bit by bit, and, and so I began to spend some time with a guy named John, who uh, was one of the one of the couples husbands in the couples and 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 so very much i began without realizing it two things happened number one i was discipling with these people in a very intimate small group i realized the power of the small group i mean i love the church assembly but there's something happens in a small group i saw this on my wing i saw this now with this group that started to almost organically form in a need they had to strengthen their marriages and i didn't know particularly john and janet that they were, weren't doing well in their marriage when they first came into that group. And so I began to meet with John and he met with me. And I think one of the most interesting things, he would come with me. The discipleship is say, follow me. So I'd say to John, come with me. We're going to go visit someone, follow them up, you know. And so we had a gal in the group that whose husband was not born again, didn't come to church, anything. She was the piano player in the church, in fact. So we went over there, and I'll always remember the experience where I got with him, of course, asked him all my profound EE questions and went through my gospel presentation. <laughs> I'll never forget what he said. Uh, I could see I wasn't getting anywhere with him. And then John, my disciple, as you would say, uh, says, well, let me share with you what Jesus has done in my life. I said, okay, that's great. So he shared his testimony of how the Lord had changed his life and his marriage. <laughs> and... You know, I always remember the guy who was listening to John and looked back at me and he said, well, thought, you know, appreciate what you have to say, but John, I can relate to. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I appreciated his candor and, and it was great to see John. John, by the way, went on to begin to lead and, you know, bring great influence with his wife in the lives of other people. Mm. You know, and I finally left the Creve called Christian Church to move back to Central Christian after I finished a couple of two and a half years up there. Uh, you know, I look back, David, and in all of the ministries, wherever I've been, the only thing I ever leave in my wake is a few good relationships. Hmm. Not any, you know, any fantastic programs. Did I implement programs? Did I initiate programs? Yeah. But I didn't leave any programs. Oftentimes they were dismantled quite quickly by my successor. Hmm. <laughs> but what I did leave in my wake was a few wonderful relationships. 
which exists to this day. You know, people that, and so I, I saw friendship, um, strong relationships, brother, brother relationships, brother-sister relationships that resulted from making disciples, from just teaching people how to be in the Word of God every day, how to memorize the Word of God, how to pray, how to be confident to pray out loud together, to pray for one another. And what happened is, is this group that started, and it wasn't my youth group that <laughs> we all happened. Now the group, group, the youth group grew. I mean, we had twenty-five kids, and in that, you know, and three singing groups. The one thing I wasn't going to do was start a singing group, you know, because even though that <laughs> had influenced me, I was I wasn't going to do that. And I asked the kids, I said, "Well, what exactly would you guys like to do? You know, how can we share our faith and be more?" I said, "Why don't we start a singing group?" And of course, I said to myself, "You've got to be kidding." <laughs> <laughs> so they all, they all, uh, we pull them together, and I, I don't have, I don't have any music background at all, Dave. I play guitar, and that's it, you know. And, and this, I remember one of the young men who was one of the preachers' kids, in fact. His name was Wesley, and and these younger kids, these were middle school kids. They did not want to do the old, older stuff that we were doing, the Ralph Carmichael stuff and Stasi's handiwork. I see it, pass it on. They wanted to do something more upbeat. Well, they formed this little rock band, for lack of a better term. And they said, <laughs> so I taught one guy how to play the bass. And, and Wesley was trying to learn the piano, so I would pick out on my guitar the various chords and notes, and he would find it on the piano. Well, it's interesting. This young man has gone on to this day now. He's married, travels around the world and everything. And God started him in that little, weird little rock band with those three kids. And uh, he says that's where he got his start was in that that group. I remember we listened to the we recorded the first song they they ever sort of fully put together. I played my guitar along with them. We had a fifth grader on the drums, and you know another junior high kid on the bass, and another and Wes was playing the piano, which he didn't know how to play. And uh, and we listened to the song, and I tell you what, we played it back, and everyone fell flat on their back laughing. It was so bad, but those kids went on. And grew in the Lord, hmm. and as I said, Wesley subsequently has, has traveled. He went back to Australia, where actually his, his family was from Australia too. And Wes Beavis is his name. He's written several books now, stuff like that. So it's amazing, oh. and uh, it's always nice to be able to read your get a little re- recognition in a book once in a while. Absolutely, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't that isn't that fantastic? Oh, so yeah. it's you know. Those are, you know the relationships are what flow out of discipleship. In other words, when you truly go and make disciples and you just invest in some people's lives, um, is a thing. I think that the gift that God gives us as a result of that, that you say, what do you get out of it? <laughs> I get tremendous friendships. Mm. I get lifelong friendships. These are based in Christ and his love and his blood on the cross. And, uh, you know, just these are dear, dear friends that, that I have in Illinois. And just recently, just two years ago, uh, John passed away. Hmm. He had cancer. Hmm. And this man that, you know, shared his testimony. Hmm. Uh, that day, uh, I went up there, and I hadn't been up there for four years, maybe 10 years or more. And I went up there, and I kind of wasn't planning, and then the last minute I went up there, and I went up there <laughs> and walked in on the the greeting time, and oh my goodness, it was like a party. I mean, I, I ran in, I just hugged, you know, the widow and Janet and 
all these people were so precious. And, and they all, you know, remember the times when we were in that group. Relationships flow out of discipleship, lifelong friendships. How rewarding and encouraging are those relationships? I know from my wife, Carla, and myself, some of our most cherished relationships have grown out of relationships with folks that we have encouraged or have been encouraged by them on a spiritual basis. You know, sometimes we get involved with the latest program or event, and that may be very helpful to people. But we must not forget that people are far more important than programs. Next time, Pastor Philip Wood continues to discuss the extreme importance of relationships in our spiritual walk. If you'd like more information about how to grow spiritually or how to help others grow, please contact us at radio at kansasnavs.org. That's radio at kansasnavs.org. Join me next time for the fourth of six episodes with Pastor Philip Wood as we learn together more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.